Wrapping up the week on Ovias and Gilio, the Carolina Hurricanes got their season off to a very Carolina Hurricanes win. We'll talk about how when they turn it on, man, they I can we can see why other teams do not like playing the Carolina Hurricanes. From the Hurricanes to the Panthers, Kyle Bailey, WFNZ in Charlotte. He's going to give us a realistic view on just how hot the seats are for general manager Scott Fitterer and head coach Frank Reich. And we'll get into some ACC premature evaluations with Lauren Brownlow. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside the Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh, thanks to Empire Properties. Back in my comfortable cocoon, Joe. We're here. Not freezing. Thanks to Greg Hatem, <laughs> Empire Eats. Also, big thanks to Copiers Plus for sponsoring Ovias and Giglio. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Everybody's looking to save money. I know, I know I am. As a small to medium-sized business, the easiest way to save money is to look at those print costs. Uh, it's a hidden cost you might not realize at the end that can save you a lot of money if you get it done right. And that's what Copiers Plus can do. So get that print assessment, that document management assessment at copiers-plus.com. All right, so Kane's on pace. Undefeated season. Let's go. The record in October is pretty ridiculous. It's a lot different than where it used to be, where we <laughs> always blamed the fair trip as the reason why they made they didn't make the playoffs, remember? The slow starts. Yeah, man. Yeah. Always an issue. But what's funny about the, the Canes opener last night is that when they turn it on, dude, it's pretty incredible to watch. First period was kind of shoulder shruggy. You know, you don't want to give up the first goal. It's fine, whatever. Uh, but when the third period and, and when it comes down to, you know, putting the hammer down, when the Canes do that, man, it's... I can see why other teams don't like playing the Canes and why it ended a little chippy on the way out where Jordan Stahl had to be all up in Kachuk's face being like, yeah, dude. And of course, shout out to the Canes social media account that was like referring to Jordan Stahl as daddy uh, in relation to Kachuk. But the other big takeaway I had from last night, because you were there last night, mm -hmm. I went home. I was going to go to PNC Arena. I went to a, a I went to an Enlo concert band performance at six o'clock, and my intention was to go to the arena and watch the because I knew it was going to be a late start because of the intros and all that stuff. But dude, once I put the comfy pants on, I wasn't <laughs> leaving the couch. It was a wrap. So <laughs> I got our first Bally Sports Plus experience. Which nice. How'd we, it go? We charged to the company account because we can do that now. Beautiful. That nah, was fine. It was it was fun to watch Mike and Trip. But my other takeaway from the game last night, Joe, I don't know about yours, is just that uh, Dmitry Orlov with that hip check shows you what they added in having a little, what's the term, sandpaper, get a little tougher. Same with uh, with Bunting, who did score last night. Uh, they're just a little little additions to give, give them a little bit more of an edge based on what we've seen already, which is a great defense that can suffocate you. And again, when they turn it on, man, it's pretty fun to watch. And once again, we never talk enough about the Canes defense. No, we never do. And how they contribute. We we get fixated and guilty, totally guilty as sure. charged with Sebastian Ajo. Is, is he their best player? Can you win a Stanley Cup with him? Andre Spechnikov, is he going to take the next step? We, we, we love to go through the forwards and, and talk about what are they going to do? The truth of the matter is this team is built to win with their defense. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is we saw this last year with Brady Shea, who scored again, who scored a big goal last night. The defense scored a ton of goals last year. The defense yeah. contributes on that end mm -hmm. of the ice. 
And it's not just a, let's go see what Connor McDavid can do tonight. It's a completely different philosophy. Mm -hmm. It is more in line of what Colorado used two years ago to win the Stanley cup. And I, I know that's the template that Tom Dundon is after. I know that's a template that Rod Brindamore is after because it's one that he believed in when he was the captain of the team. And it was one that he believed in when he saw his fourth line teammates, Kevin Adams, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the other guys who you totally unsung contribute on a night in and a night out basis. And that's what he believes in. That's part of the process that he believes in. First period is probably not the process that he believes in. No, I like that. He tipped his hat to Ottawa though. Cause I thought Ottawa was the aggressor in the first period of that mm-hmm. game. I like the way that Ottawa played that game. Uh, shouts to Brad Frisch, big Ottawa fan. I was able to go down and talk to him. Now he's back to being a Canes fan. Now. And, and he said, uh, I didn't realize Ottawa was a cap team. Yeah. So they only addressed 19 guys yeah. last night. It's an interesting kind of a wrinkle thinking about where the NHL is when Ottawa, which I got to believe is the smallest market mm-hmm. is a cap team. So, you know, you got, you got everyone out there. I, I, I think this is also in, follows up our conversation about Stanley Cup favorites. I don't think there's a big difference in the NHL between teams one and, and, and 30. For the most part, no. 32. You know, it's just, this is not how it is. So I look at this and I go, good for them. Good for the Canes. You start the right way. But it always goes back to me with their defense. And adding Orlov is just like luxury on luxury yeah, on luxury. Saw it last night. And then even in the captain, Jordan Stahl, what is Jordan Stahl ultimately known for? The dude's a horse. Yeah. And he's one of the better defensive forwards that are out there. Yeah. And last night, uh, you know, the whole the whole theme of the Kane season this year is creating chaos, right? And Rod Brindamore after the game with the goal siren because he's cursing and all that stuff. I guess they got some like chaos shirt they're giving out to people. And of course, the first thing they do is they give it to the captain, Jordan Stahl. You know, last year we had the C5 shirts for you know, guys that fucking earned it. And I, I got a new one here this year. And I love it because it's got on it. It's a little chaos, right? It's got a little, obviously, the hurricane and one. And so we got to do here. We got to grind and we got to create that chaos every night. This is obviously, to me, tonight, the guy that is our man right there. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, it's a good day one. Day one, finish up with Billy. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And off they go on their road trip. Finish up with Billy. <laughs> Dude, those guys are chops. <laughs> it just never ends after the game. It really never ends. Although the, what's funny is we were talking about random chaos um, generators that are the playoffs, and that's ultimately what you know the, the Canes find themselves in. The NHL is known for this. Although, based on the results this week, I'm starting to think that the Major League Baseball and their postseason format is trying to take that title away from the NHL in terms of what creates the maximum amount of chaos in the postseason. We've now had three teams with really good freaking records get knocked out of this wild card round. The Baltimore Orioles got knocked out. That's a, that, By the way, the Orioles are a team. I knew they didn't lose a regular season series this year, and then they got their ass swept, and it was just complete meltdown in pitching. I did not realize they had gone all the way back to May of 2022 and having not lost a regular season series. That's incredible. But what does that get you? Zilch. The Dodgers, out. That's two years in a row with one of the best records in baseball. Two years in a row, out. And then, of course, you've got the, um, it was in the in, in the pandemic seasons when the Dodgers managed to do it. But the Dodgers have had this tendency to have really great seasons and they get knocked the hell out. And then the Braves. The Braves find themselves on the verge because the fly the Flyers. The Phillies have decided to wake up again. Of course, some of that was poking the bear of Bryce Harper 
with the whole attaboy thing the night before Bryce Harper shows out. And that's what I love. About, that's what I love about sports, by the way. Oh, you're going to have some fun at my expense. You're going to poke me. All right. Well, then there's one way to solve this problem. <laughs> I can just, just stick it in your eye with a couple of bombs and walk out of there and put you guys on the brink. But that's kind of where we are. Where we're at right now. It's funny the, the Baltimore Orioles this week talked about how nothing happened in this getting swept that takes away from an overall great season. And I can't disagree with that. Orioles don't find themselves in this position very often. It was a hell of a regular season for them. Um, they won the AL East. They were a hell of a lot of fun. People are hyped about their youth, but then they get knocked out and people are like, why? This is just sports now, man. Regular season is almost meaningless if you don't punch it through in the postseason. You just re- you just said the Dodgers won in the pandemic year. Yeah. The pandemic year was a full bracket of seven-game series. It was. I guarantee you baseball will switch their division series to seven games. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. It has to. Because something's got to change because this keeps happening. Now, mind you, this postseason format is relatively new in the grand scheme of baseball. They've been tweaking. And they can tweak it. They they got rid of the one-off and the wild card. Yep. I like what they did with the wild card. Which I'm glad they got rid of the one-off because that's not baseball today. No, it's not. This, is not, this is not the NCAA tournament right. where you're one and done, man. It's right. baseball. You play series all free. That's what you do. Every yes, <laughs> every week, everything you is a play series. a series. So play a freaking series in the post game. Yeah, it doesn't. I guess they were thinking they were saving pitching and lining uh, it up better for the for know. the CS championship series. I but know. guarantee you, that gets you. Uh, shouts to the Dimebacks. Yeah, I am. I am in full parent mode now. They, they celebrated by jumping into the pool in the outfield. Yeah, and all I can think about was as like the dad who potentially owns the pool. <laughs> The players jumping into the pool with their spikes on. You thinking liabilities? No, there's just no way that they didn't just tear the shit out of the bottom of that pool with oh, their spikes. Yeah. yeah. Like you're gonna have to replace that pool, sir. <laughs> I think I know they have a couple dollars laying around. Last time I checked, <laughs> baseball teams make a lot of money. Okay. So Fair. I think they're good for But it. I would have been like, hey guys, can you take your shoes off, please, before you jump in the well, pool? Or your spikes at least. <laughs> Hopefully there's not some sort of go fund me for that. Because oh. remember oh, Tennessee, yeah. right? Football, yeah. And we saw this at Tennessee. This is an SEC football team, mm-hmm. which has all the money in the world, licensed to print money, was actually doing a GoFundMe when, uh, what, two of their goalposts were tore down and that cost like $20,000 or whatever it is. Man, Tennessee's good for it. Why are no, you asking No, it was a fine because the SEC fine. fines the school. That's for, what it was. Yeah. They're good for it. They're good for the cash. I'm not, I'm not really worried about them. Housekeeping. Uh, we got some podcasts out this week. New walkthrough with Young Gun podcast about Bryce Young with Dimitri Rivanos and Lauren Brownlow. Brownlow's going to drop by in just a little bit. Uh, we also have a new Law of the Wolf with our guy JC. We do. Talking a little bit about Jonathan Paler, their big star recruit. Talking a little bit about what happened with uh, Peyton Wilson and Brennan Armstrong this week. It was a good conversation with JC, the Wolfpack Central. Check him out. And we also have a new uh, Picks of Pizza, right? We do. Anthony made his picks. We'll All get right. Josh's today. I'll have that up this afternoon. And I'll be headed out doing a 919 Vice podcast later today. We're going out to the Blind Pelican where they have probably the most ridiculous Bloody Mary you've ever yes, seen. Yes, I've been waiting for you guys to tackle this. So this is this will be good. I'm not a Bloody Mary guy. And there's like a but there's cheeseburger like, and ridiculous. crab legs and yeah, there's a lot going shrimp. on. <laughs> there's a lot going on with this. It's like with a platter. This uh, and also, uh, thanks to our friends over at WUNC, North Carolina's public radio. They've got a new podcast called The Broadside. It's Thursday. They got a new episode every Thursday. So wherever you get your podcast, go check it out. Again, it's called The Broadside and explores news, history, pop culture stories rooted in the American South. 
And each week, the show goes beyond the headlines and explores a single topic impacting the region. So the broadside, your source for Carolina news and culture stories that might not be on the front page, but definitely deserve a deeper look. Go ahead, follow, listen to new episodes of the broadside every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to be headed over to Wings Over on Friday to go get like 50 wings, waffle fries, and all that stuff. Just Open the whole spread. Very excited about that. You can go check them out. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Greenville. And yes, most, most importantly, Joe, open for lunch in downtown Raleigh. Now open for lunch over at NC State, right there across from UT. Free parking. So order online, wingsover.com. Go park for free. Pick up your food. Tell Ryan, hey, man, the OG sent me. Also, big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Check them out online at bugsbite.com. Mosquito Authority came out to my place last week. Again, customer service is a huge plus. It's not just showing up, giving the treatment, and getting out of there for the next job. It's ringing the doorbell, asking you, what is an area of concern? What should we be looking at? Where do you need this mosquito treatment? And you just tell them, and they're good to go. That's Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Hayes Lancaster is the OG OG. So go to bugsbite.com. Punch in your zip code. You'll see all kinds of savings because we're just bond, man. They don't believe in contracts, but they got all kinds of deals and ways for you to save money. For all of your home treatments, bugs inside the house, bugs outside the house, get rid of all those critters. Go to bugsbite.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, Kyle Bailey, WFNZ, does afternoons. And Kyle, A, what's up? B, look, man, I, I don't think anybody really expected the Carolina Panthers to have an overwhelmingly great season, maybe flirt with making the playoffs. Nobody expected this dumpster fire five weeks in, right? Nobody expected this. No, that, and that's their problem. Messaging and expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good morning, by the way, gentlemen. But yeah, they, uh, I don't think they did a great job of setting expectations or, or messaging, especially if they felt like this was going to be a tough year. Now, I don't think they did. Uh, and I've talked about this this week, and you've probably seen the, the video circulating where you can go back, you know, um, a long time ago to many, many months ago where the general manager said, hey, me and the assistant GM went through the roster from last year and this year side by side. And we've concluded that this year's roster is as good or better at every position except for one. And right. therefore, we believe we should be contending for the division this year, even with the SA rookie quarterback. So um, there were those that were skeptics, no doubt. Um, you know, I had him basically at 500 because why not? I thought the division was terrible. Um, but, you know, this is objectively awful and unwatchable and probably bad enough that somebody's going to get fired. But who knows if that's coming? I'm sure we'll get to that. But, yeah, everything about it's terrible, and uh, they Aha. can't honestly expect they, say they expected this. Aha. Let's let's get right there. Uh, let's start with Frank Reich. I mean, Ooh. it's entirely possible he doesn't make it to season two. They go 0-17, which is on the table based on what oh. we've seen so far. Buddy, <laughs> yo, it's on the freaking table, man. It's such a long way. And Dude, I keep telling you, I'm with you, Gilio. I'm with Gilio. At some point and win a game. Okay. I'm, right. with, Gilio. I'm, I'm with Gilio on this one. Right. Gilio's right. right. They're going to win a game or two. All right. The chances, of, uh, the chances of Frank Reich being fired after one season, where would you put them? Higher than they used to be. Okay. Um, but, and just look, we've seen it happen. The Texans did it twice. Nathaniel Hackett got, you know, chopped. Uh, you know, we saw Jim Tom Sula get, uh, you know, pink slip, not that list. I mean, there, there have been plenty of examples of this. Yeah. Um, so is it possible? Sure. If they were to go winless, you have to fire the guy. Yeah. Like that's, I don't think you have a choice, but you know, mm-hmm. if they win a handful of games, 
you're probably looking at at some point a change in the front office and a mandate to Frank next year. I better see serious improvement and I better see it quickly or you're gone. So I, I think that's probably the most likely thing that happens. Okay, so Scott Fitterer, where is he on the hot seat scale right now? I mean, they get to the uh, bye week. They get to the bye week winless. Something's got to give, right? Oh, I think he's the. If you feel like you need to fire someone, if you're David Tepper, that's the guy you're firing. Um, and look, I've been begging them, kind of tongue in cheek, but I'd really like to know, like, who's the last Matt Rule decision that we can just draw the line from Matt Rule and then we start evaluating Scott Fitterer. <laughs> Um, and I, I like I begged David Tepper. I was like, leak it to one of the writers. It doesn't have to be me or anybody. Just right. leak it to somebody. So, right. um, but the thing is, you can't look at this roster and feel like they've done a good job. Now, I think they've got some good players on it, but they have no depth. And that was a concern coming into the season. And not only is it, um, it what we feared it could be, look at Houston. Like they're starting over with a quarterback, a rookie quarterback. They've been suffering injuries. Their whole entire offensive line went down two weeks ago, and they didn't give up a sack. And, you know, I understand the interior of the offensive line for Carolina has been, you know, nicked up for sure, but they still have both starting tackles and their starting center. Like, you'd think that if Houston can do what they're doing, they'd be able to get by a bit better here in Carolina. So, you know, up and down the roster, it's hard to point to many wins for Scott Fitterer. Frankie Louvu was a really solid piece of pro scouting. Um, he's a really good player and a guy I'm sure they'd like to keep around. They get credit for that. I think Sam Franklin's been a good guy, you know, to have as a depth piece and on special teams. But in so many other places, they're just not good enough. And that's the general manager's fault. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, yeah, I think he's the, mo- the the first and most likely to go. Where were you during the draft process on Brighton? <clears throat> and where are you now after five games on Brighton? So, so I, I like C.J. Stroud a lot in the beginning. I did. I was one of those that felt like he might be more prototypically, you know, Frank or Frank Reich's type of guy. And then I started to realize that they were turning more toward Bryce Young. And I did like Bryce. And then I learned things about Bryce <clears throat> that I, I wasn't quite aware of. And I went back and rewatched him. And, you know, I do believe still that Bryce Young can be a good, a very good NFL quarterback. Um, you know, I think that uh, they, you know, David Tepper, you've seen the, vid- the other video of David Tepper back in the spring saying that, you know, he's a point guard. So, you know, we, we could probably save some money at the wide receiver position. And I don't know that enough was made of that back then. In fact, I know it now. And you're, you're looking at the offensive line room or the wide receiver room, and you're like, oh, that was his plan kind of all along. Um, you know, Adam Thielen was brought in here, and there were some people saying, well, you got your number one wide receiver, and the rest of us like, whoa, 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 that's a terrible idea. Like, what, I mean, to, to be fair to Adam, Adam Thielen, he's been okay. He's no, no, he's been good. He's been good. But if you're a good football team when he's 33 years old, you need him to be your number two or three options. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that's the thing. I, I thought the signing of Adam Thielen was great for a rookie quarterback. I, I love that he's here, right? But you, you see that philosophy that David Tepper kind of snuck into a soundbite back in April playing out on the field. Um, you know, that Terrace Marshall Jr., who they forgot about Sunday, was a big part of their plans coming in. DJ Chark, a guy who does have talent, yeah. but they knew he couldn't stay healthy when they brought him in. Well, he missed the first game, and he's dealt with some injuries, and he hasn't been spectacular by any means. And Jonathan Mingo, I, I think he could be a good player, but they could have taken Tank Dell in the third round like Houston did, and Tank Dell's running wild all over defenses right now. So um, they don't have a great wide receiver room. They brought Hayden Hurst in here to be the pass-catching tight end, and then they run pocket screens for Ian Thomas, the blocking Thomas, tight end. Like, what is that? And, and so that you just don't know what they're doing or why they're doing these things. And so I, I circling back to the point, how am I supposed to properly evaluate Bryce Young when the head coach is doing all sorts of things that don't make sense and everybody sees it? No, no, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you on that. But we're also getting the sense that Frank Wright didn't want Bryce Young to begin with. 
I don't think so. And it's starting to look more and more like these David Tepper decisions are the things that are coming home to roost, which gets back to Frank Reich and whether or not he'll survive the year. Look, there's a fine line, Kyle, between transparency and honesty. You know, him talking about Terrence Marshall, like, yeah, that's on me. I should have gotten him in the play X, Y, Z. I saw that from the press conference this week. But the thing that finally got the Panthers to go national in terms of conversation was this, like, really unforced error in talking about David Tepper and the relationship where he caught himself in real time. Like, yeah, man, these meetings suck and nobody likes meetings. I get that. I hate meetings. Joe hates meetings. We all hate performative meetings, but you can't say that out loud while the owner is watching and then catch yourself going, I mean, they're challenged, but they're, but they're, but they're very productive. Very, very, very. <laughs> I just felt like I they're watching, they're they're watching it in real time. I'm just thinking to myself, dude, that's an unforced error that can get you out of here pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, but it's nothing that people don't already know. Yeah. That's the thing is that he, we know he's domineering. We know he's aggressive. We know he wants to be in the room talking about these things because, I mean, this is the Michael Jordan of Wall Street we're talking about, like David mm-hmm. Tepper, um, who, by the way, has seen his net worth double since he bought this football team several good, years good, ago. Good, good for him. That's the beauty of football ownership. You can suck. And still find it that, you know what, I'm going to make some money when it's all said and done. I love that. Yeah, we just had, sports. We just, yeah well, we had, just had a great send-off for Michael Jordan a couple of months ago. So he <laughs> did that too. You, but, say, um, you, you say David Tepper's the Michael Jordan of the financial war, but you know what? Michael Jordan, as it's kind of playing out, might be a better owner than David Tepper at this point. Well, I mean, I, David Tepper's won nothing to this point. Now, he is he's heavy-handed in personnel decisions, yeah. much more so than he, than he probably should be. Um, you know, as someone... Oh, this, I thought it, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know if I'm talking to wrestling fans or not. I am not, but I, I got the analogy someone gave sure. me the other day. They called him the Tony Khan yeah. of football owners because yeah. he's just a, a rich guy, billionaire playing with human. Yeah. Oh, but wait, Kyle, you back? Oh, there you are. You're sorry back. about that. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. I, I should have put it in airplane mode, but uh, no, it's fine. No. I mean, David Tepper, I, to go back to what you said a minute ago, I believe the national media running wild with this Frank didn't want Bryce Young narrative is wrong. I don't believe okay. that. Um, you know, I, I think that that has caught on like wildfire. But, you know, I feel very comfortable with the conversations I had over there with key decision makers. And I, I've never gotten one iota of a sense that, you know, Frank vehemently did not want Bryce Young. Um, so, yeah, I mean, David Tepper, though, those meetings, yeah, he wants answers. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I came, I came in the Monday after the very first preseason game, and I'm sure you two talked about it then, but that first preseason game was kind of a letdown, right? And yeah. and I came in on Monday, and I said, listen, I'm, I'm never going to do the thing where I overreact to a preseason game. But after all this hype, after spending all this money on these former quarterbacks, these proven offensive gurus to get that, you know, after all this, I was like, if I'm David Tepper, I'm a little irritated today, right? And my understanding is he's just grown more and more irritated ever since that day because it hasn't gotten better. And he spent a lot of money, and he's, he's now presiding over five going on six straight years of no playoff football, and fans are checking out. They're finally, mm-hmm. you know, yelling at him. He's in the crosshairs of the national media, and so he's really starting to feel it. And Frank is, is bearing the brunt of that right now, much of his own doing, but, you know, David Tepper wants answers. What do you consider, like, your best strength, Kyle? Me? Yeah. Um you almost uh, got to do a spit take there. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you got here, right? Like, you uh, got here. Uh, um, you want me to go first? Yes, please. Give me uh, an example. I'm, I'm good at asking questions, and I'm okay. good with people. Right. 
Okay. Yeah. So, like, imagine. Let's. I'm good. At, okay, I'm good at relationships. I'm good at forming relationships. Yeah, with like let, let's let's try to let's try to relate to to David Tepper right now because mm-hmm. this right. this is where it struck me. I'm watching the 49ers. It's two weeks ago. Not, not not the Dallas blowout, but it was two weeks ago. I'm watching the 49ers, and they're talking about how quickly Brock Purdy processes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they brought it up because this is going on Bryce Young's epitaph, okay? <laughs> Professional football epitaph. He he scored great on the tens plus, you know, yeah, whatever the video that, game. Whatever the video game yeah. test was, yeah. right? But the reason they took him, Bryce Young, is because Brock Purdy had like a perfect score on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Niners took him with the last possible pick. <laughs> Kyle, do you know what the last possible pick in the NFL draft is by very definition? It is a distressed asset. And yeah. all I know about David Tepper and how he got here is what I've learned on Wikipedia. Because mm-hmm. I don't know shit about the stock market. I don't know shit about what he does. Other than it says he made his hedge fund money on distressed assets. Yeah. Why on earth, if you and I are good at relationships or you and I are good at questions, let's go try to make money in another field by doing what we're good at. He's now in a new field trying to make money at something he has no clue what he's good at. He he sure as shit doesn't know anything about football and personnel. And now he's trying to apply, like, I'm going to go get the number one overall pick. Kyle, you know it's not a distressed asset. (laughs) Number one overall (laughs) pick. Number one overall freaking pick in the draft. Yeah, but it's uh, valuable. No there, it's no shiny. Wow. <laughs> but it's well, valuable. It's called, radi- it's it's called radio banter. That's radio banter. <laughs> tell me where tell me where this guy is not seeing the forest from the trees. Like you made your money a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Florida State. Well, he Stop got whining. No, he got football osmosis with the Steelers. Oh, remember? oh, that's what, that that's what it was. My bad. That but then he had his wife. Well, the thing is, well, uh, that that's also become a, a narrative on, on my show with on the text line, especially. A lot of yeah. folks want to talk, you know, I want to have a bigger conversation about Nicole Tepper's involvement in the uh, in the decision making. Some going so far as to suggest that she picked Bryce because he was so adorable. Um, you know, well, look, to be to be fair, because this conversation can get sexist really quick. OK, oh, and of course, I it, of course it can. I don't like that. I'll straight up say I do not like that. However, in the case of the messaging, which gets back to the front of our conversation, they were very adamant about Nicole Tepper's role in all of this stuff. So you do welcome questions about, well, wait a minute, who's ultimately making decisions. Are you making decisions based on football? Are you making decisions based on, well, I like this person. Now the two things can be true at once. You can like this person. They're also good at football, but it does open up those questions and who's ultimately making the decisions in Charlotte. Yeah, so, no, I, I think that's, that's a concern that people have. It gets, it gets no, back to messaging as always. No, of course. That's, and that's when, when I said, what I said a second ago about that, I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it can get sexist, absolutely, but it's simply who's involved, yeah. you know, and, and, and why are they involved? You know, what are, what are their strengths? Why are they in these rooms where key decisions are being made? And look, you're right. If Nicole's at, if Nicole Tepper's an asset, awesome. That's great. You know, sure. that's, that's, that's unquestionably a good thing. But, you know, it's the first time that she's been involved and overall the Tepper reign has been completely negative. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can't point to any positives, you know, and then you start asking all these questions. And the truth is when things are bad, everything's bad. When things are bad, you can point to literally everything as a source of it, as the origin of why things are going wrong. 
as the reason that decisions aren't being made correctly. And unfortunately, she's being lumped into that. And, you know, the, the extent of her involvement, don't know. Cal Bailey, WFNZ, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Hotline. Before we say goodbye, who's the do- what's the dog's name? Does the dog have opinions? Does well, that's, dog Bo. Have that's Bo. That, that's Bo. Um, but I think Bo needs let out right now. But Bo's a prima donna. It's raining here at Lake Norman. And uh, he doesn't like to get wet. And so he, he needs to go out. Yet as soon as I take him to that door, he's going to turn and go back to the couch. So, all right, man. Yeah. Well, go, go let the dog out, all right? All right. Sounds good, fellas. Appreciate right, you. What would you, what would you say my strength is, Joe? You're an extra engineer, Joe. You're an extra engineer. <laughs> I would say my strength is putting people in a position to succeed, Joe. Oh, okay. And if that means being an extra engineer, <laughs> so be it. So be it. Uh, Breeze through helped us out yesterday. We were in the beer cave. Oh, I got my wrong things on. What what am I doing? I don't know. You got the breeze through freeze through <laughs> shirt my, on right now. I got now. my shirt on. Yeah, man. What else do you need? Cups. You got the cup, got right? Cups. We got we got the lifetime refills. We got all that fun stuff over at Breeze Through, and they got a beer cave right across the way from PNC Arena. Which what a what a Wednesday, man! By the way, <laughs> I was getting cr- it done on a Wednesday. I was cracking up. Oh, yeah, it was busy. Man. <laughs> I was cracking up at the amount of people that had, like speaking of chaos agents. Maybe that's the theme of the show today. The amount of people are like, "What is happening right now?" Like, yeah, we're doing the show from a beer cave. Did Tom Dundon really walk across the street to do an interview in a beer cave? Yes. Was that- yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, which we'll get to uh, in a second. Like JP, uh, Josh over on Twitter. He's like, love the interview with Dundon. But I got to ask, when you told him where the interview was going to be, what's his response to that? And how do you sweet talk it? It didn't require any sweet talk. No. Freeze through. Freeze crew. They're the sponsors, man. Tom knows how to take care of his people. Yes. So we uh, we think we'll we'll get to Tom Dundon here in a second because it ties into the conversation we were having with Kyle uh, in relation to David Tepper. Also, big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Obvious and Julio. You got that tumbler ready tumbler. to go? Yeah, a little service tumbler. They they got everything over there, man. I'm not I'm not even joking. Such great stuff. It's kind of like when you know if you're good at picking one thing, you're usually pretty good at picking a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's going to complement all of those things. Yeah. Such a great job. Kenneth does a great job over there. The butcher's market, the home base, falls on the noose. Love it. So go check them out. Get the sandwiches, get the hot dogs. Um, they make their own bacon. Like the bacon. Come legit. on. The bacon is legit. So uh, back to Dundon real quick, because there's people are trying to position, and I'm guilty of this, trying to position this as a you know, look how Dundon's doing it versus how David Tepper is doing it. And I asked, you know, I, I asked. Tom Dundon in the uh, in the beer cave about that. Like, you're hands-on. This idea that he might not be hands-on is silly. He's absolutely hands-on. So I brought that up, and I thought his answer was, I thought his answer was pretty interesting. So kind of hands-on. What's your philosophy with that? I want to make sure that whatever you think is right, mm-hmm. we've thought through all the other choices. No okay. different than where should we put a baseball team? I, I think I know, but I can't be sure until we do the work. I am knowledgeable enough to come up with a reason to do it another way. Okay. But I, hopefully I'm not pride. So prideful that I would think just cause I came up with another option. That's what you should do. Right. Okay. And so our group's really good at everybody talking about it and going through it and, and getting to a decision. And mostly because we have a coach who, 
doesn't need to be right either, right? Mm-hmm. But if if you're asking a hockey question, you can ask me or him. I'm gonna ask Rod. Me too. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna argue with Rod about it. So there's there is uh, Tom Dundon from yesterday's show, and I think that's the key part. It's not like I'm not gonna argue about it, but ultimately I'm gonna lean on and trust the people that I put in position to know what's going on, and that's probably the biggest issue with the Carolina Panthers right now. It doesn't seem that. The guy with a ton of money who wants to do things a different way is not trusting the football people he's hired to go ahead and make those decisions after they've had a spirited conversation. It ultimately comes down to, well, no, I want this guy and we're going to make this guy work whether you like it or not. And that's how we end up here. Just to tie this whole thing together. Yeah. I think Tom is a spreadsheet guy. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was sitting here telling you what the value they put a number on each player. Yeah, man. And not just their own players. Yeah. Those are the players that they go out and get in addition that they think are undervalued. So there was big fictionalized money ball version of the movie, right? Like I'm seeing Brad Pitt or you might be seeing Jonah Hill. I don't know what you see when you see Tom Dunn. I don't know which character he might be. Yeah. But that is, there's Bill James. And that's how a lot of people who do business didn't understand why sports don't do sports like they do business. And that's, mm-hmm. that's to, to tie all this together in real time. When you, analyt- when you are analytical and you can assign a number to something, which is what he's telling you oh, he does. When you asked him about Vegas odds and his response about well, we how have our own. we have our own odds but, and we, we value where we think we're going to go X, X, Y, Z. But that's all Bill James. That's yeah. all analytical. That's all. Here's a value. Here's what. Here's what players in your position do. Mm-hmm. Here's what they produce. And here's what that production equals in terms of wins. Which, real quick, that's what leads to some of the icier contract negotiations between the Carolina Hurricanes and their players. Because they feel you're worth this. I don't care right. what the market says. We're, you're worth this. And that leads to some well, Look at where Pesci is right now. Yep. Look at where Orloff is right now. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in the offseason when they resign players. They understand, but that that's also how he does his business. Mm-hmm. There are numbers. There are solutions, as I love to tell my kids when they tell me, I don't understand math. I don't like math. You should love math because there's always an answer. And how many times in your life are you always going to be guaranteed an answer? You're not. So what Dundon has done is applied his own background to how he runs a team. And when you hear him be humble there and say, well, what do I know? That's what I'm talking about with copiers plus like, what do I know? Mm-hmm. I'm asking people who know there, there, there is something to that, Joe, because when your ego is so massive and you're sitting here thinking that you're the Michael Jordan of wall street, no, he's not <laughs> the real Michael Jordan of wall street is a guy who's got a jazillion dollars. Who's not telling anybody that he's got a jazillion dollars. Right. Okay. Well, so, you, you mean those guys on TV telling me these real easy ways to make money are not real? No. So, He's applied and he is also humble in the sense that he asks the right. Not only does he ask for help, he asks the right people for help. I'm not trying to deify Tom Dunning, no. but he, he made two really good choices in his coach and his general manager. And those are the two people that he basically, he is sitting here telling you, I asked them for the answers. Do you think David Tepper is asking Scott Fitter? No. I'm not being sexist when I say about Nicole Tepper. Mm-hmm. I think he does ask his wife, sure. Hey, who did you like at dinner? Mm-hmm. Because in his, in David Tepper's brain, Nicole Tepper is a great judge of character mm-hmm. because he sat in front of her and he wooed her and got her. 
So he oh. thinks, oh, she's great that's, at picking people because she picked me. That is such big college football coach opening press conference when they get yes. hired. Can you recruit? Well, look at my wife. Right. But also, like, Jeez. I'm going to get him. And, and hey, we all want to trust saying. our wife in their judgment. I know what you're saying. But that doesn't mean she can make the number one pick in the draft. You know, there's a flip side to that. It's like, I don't know. Can you trust her judgment? She did marry me. <laughs> I mean, I've used that line plenty of times. Like, Kelly's really smart. <laughs> Except, 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 <laughs> except this one. However, hey, you know what, Jessica? Really on the ball. But she married your ass and you almost did a spit take there because you know I'm right. So the, the, the thing is, there's no right way to do it. And sometimes you get lucky with the people you have in place. This is going to transition there's no us. right way to do it, but you have to trust who you are. And you also, you have to trust who you are and you also have to hit on the people around you, which gets us to, and real quick, since we're talking about football, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. And you want to talk about people who know what the hell they're doing? Just go over to graffiti and you'll figure it out. Wayne and the crew know bourbon. All right. You want good bourbon? Not just bourbon. They got good I bourbon. I love their setup. They got great setup and they have great mixed drinks too. But uh, they got break even night on Tuesdays. And of course, they got bourbon specials on Sunday while you're watching the football, which honestly, you might need. But I don't know if the Carolina Hurricanes are as successful as they are without Rod Brindamore as the head coach and the culture that he's instilled. Okay. Which oh, you do know. Probably not. <laughs> which then gets us to what's happening in New England. Oh. Because we finally hit a breaking point in New England with Bill Belichick. They have, what, I wrote this down the other day because this was the stuff that I scrapped from yesterday's show because things were chaotic energy and I, I really enjoy, enjoyed that. So we've now gone, what, 10 plus seasons without Tom Brady as the quarterback of the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. So in, total, in, total. Oh, in total. In okay. total. In total. Right. And he's, Bill Belichick's had double digit wins three times. Without Tom Brady as the quarterback. All right. And it's looking like things are going to go out that way too. And Robert Kraft, the owner of the, of the Patriots, I can't imagine is going to let this hit rock bottom the way it looks like it's hitting rock bottom with the New England Patriots. And this is not to say that Bill Belichick's entire success is based on Tom Brady as the quarterback. It just means that what you do can look a hell of a lot better when you've got the right guy. And it's also entirely possible too for Tom Brady that you don't have this level of success without Bill Belichick as your head coach. And that some of the defenses that he was able to put together at the peak of their powers. Sure. Okay. I think you mean in Bill Belichick's entire career. So we got to go back to yes. Cleveland. Go back to, yeah, right, right, right. In right. all the seasons of Bill, sorry, I didn't make yeah. that clear in all the seasons in which Bill Belichick has been an NFL head coach. Yes. There's this is now the 11th season, I think, without Tom Brady as his quarterback. When you put it in totality, yeah, including the one year where he tore his ACL, I think everyone yes. counts that as a year that he didn't have right. Brady because they were 11 and five that year. Three, oh, wait, three seasons. That was with the Matt Castle year. Yes. Right. Matt Castle made so much money. Off that. <laughs> yes, he did. So that, but that's three seasons with double digit wins without Tom Brady. Right. He has and, a losing record without Tom Brady as his quarterback. Yes. So, but again, that's right. Not right place, right time, but it's it's basically a, a union that ends up working, which now gets to my next question. Bill Belichick's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. All right. The question is, do you think so? Yes, he's absolutely going to get fired. So here's the question. Does he take another NFL job or is he done after this? Because, you know, there are going to be three fourths of the league that would absolutely hire Bill Belichick. And then there's a handful of teams that will look at Bill Belichick and go, no, 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 because 
you're going to want to do it a particular way that was clearly on fumes at the end with New England. And I don't want that to happen with my organization because if Bill Belichick is going to be a head coach in the NFL again, do you think he's going to give up personnel decisions? Do you think he's going to give up the idea of bringing his kid with him? So Bill Belichick almost has to have a reset in where he is. And I don't think he's capable of doing that. 71. So I think he's done. I think he's done. Maybe he finally does lives. He lives the dream. Go coaches lacrosse. Some D3 school for all I know. You know? So I think he's going to get fired, man. At this rate. You don't think so? I mean, he is living right now off of his own axiom, which is. Do do your job. No, no. Future results. Your 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 pay is not based on your previous performance. Right. So past based, performance does not equal future results. So based on Bill Belichick's <laughs> own standard. Yeah. He should he, he should be let go. Yes. Or traded. He would fire himself. For, or traded for a second and a third round pick, which he right. loves more than anything else in the history of the world. I mean, look, man, this, the standard is the standard, and mm-hmm. you have to hold yourself accountable. All that stuff. Bill Belichick would fire himself at this rate. So yes. Robert Kraft probably has to go into those conversations. Hey, Bill. Do you think this is working? Like, honestly, if you if you ask Bill Belichick, do you think this is working? Do you think he'd give an honest answer? Yeah, I, I think he can. I don't know, man. Sometimes you get can. 71, you're stubborn, and you're trying to prove some sort of point, which he lost, by the way. In the, in the grand perception of things, he to lost. to 347. Okay. That's the number that stands out. And that's the record for wins in NFL history. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't want to be reductive in the Brady Belichick thing. I, I've made the point before. Oh yeah, I don't want. I don't want. To I've do that made either. the point before that Belichick is not a good coach without Tom Brady. But I don't think Tom Brady becomes. I don't. The two of them were a marriage together mm-hmm. that worked together, and in part because Brady was willing to take less money, and in part because he was married to a supermodel, and in part because he had enough. Right, and he was fueled by this, you know, snub of being in the sixth round. But so I don't want to be like, oh, Brady Belichick can't coach, or it was all Brady. It wasn't all Brady. It was it was a perfect. It was a perfect union marriage. It really worked out. And what Belichick did in the salary cap era has is nearly impossible. Now that was made possible by Brady taking less money. Mm -hmm. Okay, that so that's that's part of it. Sure, that's a big part of it. What you're seeing now is the evolution of the of the game. This all happens right. One of the great things that always impressed people about Belichick is dad was a coach and he he had this unbelievable mind and memory when you used to have to, you used to have to collate plays on punch cards. Speaking of computers and spreadsheets before mm-hmm. they existed, he knew how to collate the punch cards of the different formations and the different plays in such a way that it, it like burned in his memory that he, he was like a savant, if mm-hmm. you will. When he was coaching for Parcells, he was like a savant. Okay, the game changes. The game evolves. We see Mike McDaniel. We see Kyle Shanahan. We see this younger wave coming in and building and changing and reacting. And at some point you do, you get to 71 and you're like, well, I've always done it this way. How do you then accept the new wave? Mm -hmm. Think about it. His answer to fixing his offense last year was that was big dick energy last year. I'm going to bring in Joe Judge, Mm -hmm. a special teams coach. And Matt Patricia, who used to be my defensive coordinator, and I'm going to let them call the place. No, sir. And now he's so out of ideas mm-hmm. that who did he go and get this year? Oh, I'm going to go back and get Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. 
who got run out of the league because mm-hmm. he couldn't because he didn't pass him by. This is why. <laughs> this is why. Did I, he go get Shane Steichen? Nope. Did he go get somebody who coached with McVay? So two points. No. This is why Mike Shashevsky will always get respect from me. He changed on a multi on a variety he, of levels. He changed because he rather changed. He adapted. He adapted. Yeah. He still stayed Mike Shashevsky, mm-hmm. but he said, "Okay, this is not working for me anymore." And there were some difficult conversations and some difficult seasons that went along with it. So yeah, I get it, Mike Shashevsky. He's the Duke coach. Unacceptable. Blah 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 blah. But you look at the totality of his career. Not everybody's built like that, dude. Who understands at the end they would have to make a change. They gotta they make a to change. Adapt. Yep. But I also respect Roy Williams in that regard too, because Roy said, Man, I don't want to do it like this. Right. If I can't do it the way I want to do it, I'm out. So I respect that too. What I don't respect are guys like Bill Belichick who say one thing about standards and success and you know, always being the guy who sees the window. Oh, this guy's nice performance his, doesn't equal future. There's results. that peak part and like, oh, they've gotten rid of you. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, cool. your value's gone. Your yeah. value's gone. Like all that stuff. We're gonna get it rid of you. All that stuff. And people, people understood it. Bill Belichick is not living up to his own standard at this point, the way he's been coaching. And that's to your point about getting younger and adapting. That's probably the biggest frustration point with David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers. Mr. Distressed Asset, basically looking at ways in which you can manipulate the market and make it win for you has gone with the most cliche things possible. I went for the hot shot college coach that other teams wanted and Matt Rule. That they blew did. up in my face. They did want And him. then he did the cliche, ah, well, the young guy from college didn't work. I know what I'm going to do. Give me a collection of veterans who know the game. And it's pretty clear that it's so conservative that you're looking at what's going on with Indianapolis. Now, mind you, Anthony Richardson's on injured reserve right now, but I think people are high on what Shane Steinem yeah. can do. Nick Sirianni, who is now at Philadelphia, which is, you know, Frank Wright's old t- stomping grounds as an offensive coordinator. Look what they're doing. Yeah, with these Jay are all Harris. guys who worked with Frank Reich right, and right. Doug Peterson. So, so. Rather, so it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the source. No, 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 no. Go get the guys that are actually changing the game. And unfortunately, I don't know if David Tepper is capable of doing that. Let's. I love to send you Mike McDaniel clips, by the way. I know. He's a vibe, man. He really is a vibe. He's my guy. And you know what? He's holding on to his hair just like me. I respect that of that guy. Speaking of respect, respect the value of your home, man. Don't take some sort of low ball guaranteed offer to walk away. Get the value of your house in a market that's ah, like crazy right now. And that's why you got to go with hometown realty check them out online at myhtr.com expertise from here to the coast more than six locations 250 agents barry woodard and his crew they've got you covered they have they know how to buy they know how to sell they know how to help you rent they also have that mortgage calculator on their website it's myhtr.com myhtr.com go check it out you'll see just how easy it is to get help from the experts. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovius and Chili. Go check them out online at wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. We got to get the Shadies soon, man. We got to do a live show from Shadies. I'd be down with that. Even better. Tech Mobile Championship of the World. I'm with it. The Greater North American Tech Mobile Championship. I'm with it. You're always looking for ways to uh, get the raffles going. Entry fees? Yeah. And a little pot of money to go to a winner. And a 50-50 last night at the Canes game. Once again, I know, that's I'll your, ask. That's your jam. Like you love a 50-50 raffle. We'll ask. You love a 50-50 <laughs> raffle, man. You really do. <laughs> that Brownlow lady is hanging out with us in studio. What up, Lauren? 
Hi. You ready to do some premature evaluations? <laughs> uh, sure. I felt I feel like you were thrown off by the 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 ask. What? Uh, well, just you know the wording, word choices. It's fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good now. Uh, you know, sometimes you get got, to a certain you get to a certain age, things have to be quick. Got my. <laughs> Just when I get my maturity back. <laughs> when did you ever have it? I don't. That's a good question. <laughs> All right. I can fake it. Let's go ahead and start with, uh, I think, the, the marquee game of the week, the real dif- the difference maker, Miami, visiting North Carolina in Chapel Hill at night. There's a long history of the Hurricanes oh. having some October horror stories oh, against man. the Tar Heels. This game is always hilarious. Like, I... Looking back on it, I, I did a column for The Messenger this week, yeah. and I changed my column topic like six times over the weekend, I feel like. But basically, like as Louisville was winning, I'm like, I have to write about that. I was going to write about Miami-UNC before that, because mm-hmm. obviously like two undefeateds, showdown, big deal. Right. Then as Miami was starting to lose the way it was losing, I then had to scrap the Louisville column I was writing. And I was like, okay, Miami's doing Miami stuff again, because it was so frustrating to yeah. watch. Like... I'm not one of those people that gets easily suckered in on Miami. And I still had my (laughs) doubts. I did. I was still like, listen, I know they have given us no reason to think that they would screw up, but except for the rest of history. Miami found, and Joe knows this, Miami found a new way to surprise me because the week of, the week before that loss to Georgia Tech and the way that it happened, and I don't care what Al Riveron said. I don't care if there's a debate as to whether or not the fumble was indisputable. Y'all are embarrassing yourselves with that. I'm sorry. Apologies. You got the octolateral. Take it. This was the karma for the octolateral. So stop it when it comes to that. But what I said last week about Miami was, man, this is a really weird season where the Hurricanes actually look low-key pretty good. They are and not under the radar. Soul, and not a soul was talking about That's them. That's the thing. And they found a way to put themselves on the radar in the most Miami way possible. <laughs> they Congratulations. Were, they just couldn't take it anymore. They're like, please pay uh, attention to us. Which. By the way, I know like somebody had sent me some uh, some clips from the Levitard show saying like, oh, this is like the worst loss in Miami history. No, 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 F- no, it's no, not. no, 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 FIU was bad. No, the Ohio State Championship, I would argue, because the worst loss that was robbed from. Them. OK, well, that okay. Was absolutely stolen. I'm talking, from I'm talking about the FIU. We're talking low about like point. embarrassing. Like embarrassing. Right? Oh, yeah. Different. That's different. a low point no, but at the Orange Bowl. And with everyone the fight, was watching that, that too. Yeah, so man. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, which FIU one? Where was it? What was the team that beat him with their old kicker recently? Uh, oh, geez. That was FIU, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that was the case. <laughs> with, with their old kicker who throat slashed them, hitting yeah. the game winner yeah. at home <laughs> against them. Like, this is what I'm saying. When Miami loses, they don't just lose. Like, they get embarrassed in public. Like, and this is so bad. And that's the thing is they gave us no indication this was coming. So, like, you couldn't even look at the Georgia Tech game and go, yeah, oh, this is this is a real danger spot for Miami here. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. They took care. They've been beating everyone by yeah. double digits, including mm-hmm. A&M at home. They have not looked pedestrian. They were third in the country in yards per play entering the game last week. And they act, I mean, they moved the ball on offense. They just kept turning it over. So that really wasn't the issue. But it's just like, why are you like this, Miami? Why? Why are you this way? Why do you do this all the time? Why have you been absolute trash, essentially, comparatively speaking, since joining the ACC? Mm-hmm. Like, they should have kept the receipt, honestly. It's too late now. Is there we're a pa- warranty? We're, What's the warranty? We're past the, we're past the 90 days. To be fair, they should have exchanged, like, you know, when some of this started happening. I don't know, circa 2007 or so. It's a perfect, <laughs> this is a perfect gambling game. 
because oh everyone god, is, I wouldn't go near this though. Just, no, but I'm saying this is a perfect gambling spot. Okay, in this in this sense. Okay, Carolina just looked awesome mm-hmm. against Syracuse. Good lord, they right? look great. Mm-hmm. Right? It was unreal. At home, Drake May slinging that thing around. We finally have Jerry Rice part two on the field. My gosh, the fully formed Voltron's coming. Yeah, right. Miami loses in the dumbest single possible way. Just abs- yeah, no, you're right. Not only I the, agree with not you. Only on taking, this. Not, not taking a knee. Not only not taking second, a knee. The second freaking play. But the guy running free. I know. It was like, are you are you chuckamadoing this thing right now? Are you playing press coverage on third and twenty four? <laughs> what are you doing, you people? Why are you so wide open? And so it was like, yeah. so now everyone's going to be like, oh, Carolina's hot. Mm-hmm. Miami's no, stupid. You're at 100% right. And yes. You, the number that I'm looking at here is Miami's rushing offense. Yep. Miami leads the ACC, the, the number one team in the ACC in rushing. Yep. Number 13 in the country in running the football. Yes. And traditionally, if they the can way do that in that game, yeah. Carolina 100%. is to run the football yeah. on them. So this becomes the next test, yes, right? Because 100%. App State did run the ball. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, I did not. I thought Carolina responded in that game. Yeah, they did. Like, hey, Minnesota's going to come in here and just try to jam it down your throat. And yeah. they and responded. They and they couldn't. Yeah. Well, I think, and here comes Miami. They're going to try to do the same thing in yep. this football game. That's, that's the key. That's for... the big test, I think. And now you you have it the other way, right? Like, oh, my God, you're so bad, Miami. Well, plus, like, and, let's oh, be Carolina, real. you're that's so great. Exactly. Like, if they watch that football game, they'd have to be like, oh. Okay. <laughs> so North Carolina's defense is fifth in scoring in the league, mm-hmm. uh, in scoring defense. They're sixth in total defense in the league. Uh, most importantly, and this is something that David Hale, ESPN, pointed out, they're getting off the field on third down. That was something that... Yeah, uh, that's a I, big thing. I, re- I referenced that Huge. last week and earlier in the week, honestly, when I talked about North Carolina's most complete game against Syracuse. And yes, Drake May and the offense is the easy talking point. No, it's the it's defense both. that's no, getting off the field. Yeah. Now, am I, and I had some people in the YouTube comments act as though... I'm saying that North Carolina's defense is this juggernaut. It's Guys, not. No. All it has to do is, is be, be competent. Okay. Just be mm-hmm. competent defense. Yeah, and it's, they've been competent and sometimes even better than that. So, and that's all you can ask for. Hale pointed this out on threads. UNC is allowing 1.54 points per drive so far this season. That's their best rate after five games since 2012. Yeah, no, okay. it's been a while. I was going back through to see how often they've they've held everybody this season, I think, below, like, I forget what it was, yeah. below six yards of play. It's been a long time since they've done that. He also pointed out that in terms of time of possession, North Carolina's defense is not being worn out. Again, this is part exactly. about getting off the field. Fewer plays, I think, helps them a little bit, too, in general, with fewer plays this year. UNC opponent time of possession was plus 501 in 2022. It's minus 412. And defensive snaps per game in 2022 was 76 and it's 66 and i know and there's um, more depth i feel like for them that's that's yeah. improved i think they have more quality older, depth of guys that they yes, exactly older, that they trust yep. chizik chizik talked about it uh, at his press availability this week where he's like yeah you know you're trying to limit these guys on the field so when they need to be- make a big play they're exactly. not gas and again that was the thing that kind of was the issue for the tariffs going forward but back to what joe was saying you, you don't what's the line on this thing it's only three and a half Okay. Which that's I, like a we don't know line, home three. Right? Yeah, I was Co- like coastal yeah. coastal energy coastal making a comeback this week. I mean, <laughs> d- unless unless you could make the case that last week was essentially the coastal's like grand finale where it like exploded into a supernova yeah, maybe. of coastal and just the pieces went flying everywhere maybe. because it felt like that kind of maybe that's the case. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Joe's got Duke notes, apparently. I do. State, Duke, 8 o'clock, big prime time. Both these games are at night. 7.30 for the UNC-Miami game, 8 o'clock for the Duke-NC State game. The blood feud between the Blue Devils and the Wolfpack. It, again, this this game comes back down to me to see how MJ Morris and this MJ Morris 2.0 does against Duke's defense, which has been excellent this year, and it's going to be a lot yeah, different really than good. what we saw at Marshall this past weekend. At the risk of marginalizing Mike Elko and what he's done. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm no, sit back I, for this one. I think, <laughs> I think there's only one way for Duke and Wake Forest to win football games. Oh, okay. I got you. The Jim Grobe model. Don't sure. beat. And David Cockliffe. Don't, don't beat yourself. beat yourself. 100%. Okay. That's, that's what ended Cockliffe's tenure, essentially, is because they started beating themselves yes. regularly. So I went and I looked. Here's Duke in the don't beat yourself categories. Sacks allowed. They've only allowed four. Wow. This year. That's pretty impressive. Obviously, one of them was was, was damaging. Considering I, you played I get Notre that. Dame once, too. Like, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Uh, and Clemson, yeah. by the Ooh. way. <laughs> I mean, Dang, when you okay. put, uh, yeah, when you think about it that way. Their yeah. schedule's really, really hard. Uh, turnover margin, they're plus three. They're 30th in the country in turnover margin. Okay. Okay. Pretty good. They're 10th in the country in fewest penalties. penalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't turn the ball over. Protect your quarterback. Don't commit penalties. It's really, yeah. That helps you a the lot. Only Special thing, teams as well is the, the, is I was the fourth say, one. The only yep. thing they don't have, they don't have that Sam Swank swanking <laughs> out there, dropping it out on there on the field. Right. Swank banging those 50 yarders mm-hmm. where you're like, they can't even bang 25 yarders. It this feels guy? like. Yeah, right. they're, they're, they're kicking it's not game good. Is suspect. They should do tryouts again. We all remember that's a, that, that's right? A, that's a low point of Duke football. I'm just Lauren. kidding. So I'm the, joking. So those are the numbers. And, and then it of could be worse. You could get a guy out of retirement like Clemson. Retirement. One of our themes, though, is be good at what you're good at. Yeah. yeah. Mike Elko is a really good defensive coach. And Duke, right now, 18th in total defense, again, playing yeah. against really good teams, fourth in scoring defense. So this is a state has their work cut out for them. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I think comes down to Duke's defensive yes. line, which is and their strength. Yep. And state's, against state's line. offensive which, line, well, which is not their strength. But I saw a lot more out of with Dylan McMahon back on the field against Marshall. Yeah, I mean, I think, by the way, just so that y'all think that I don't advocate North Carolina schools playing each other out of conference, Mm -hmm. I was, A, thrilled to see Carolina and Wake do it and would love to see Duke and State do it. This game isn't played enough. It's insane. Well, now that a new, now thanks to the new schedule, we're going to have to see a new schedule again. Well, that's true because of the additions of SMU, (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. They played, what, once in 10 years or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, we finally, the pandemic scrambled everything and they finally played. This is the first time they're playing in Durham since 13. That's, that was bonkers. That was that 10 was years like, ago. Yeah. That was like that weird that was Devon that really Edwards game. game. It was, was a Doran's gross first game. Year. Yeah. And, and that team will be honored at this game. Oh, this really? Week. Yes. So hat tip for to the means, Blue Devils. Yeah, okay. it, took me, it took me a hot second. I'm like, you don't mean State's team. And then I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brandon Mitchell no, might that, come yeah, back. That's my guy. No, that Duke team was legit. All right. Let's get to the game that I'm only bringing this up because of something that I saw on social media. It's it's Louisville versus Pitt. Now Louisville versus Pitt. Okay. Now Louisville. Okay. Okay. So a couple things here. All right. Mm-hmm. And we we referenced same premise it. as Miami and uh, Carolina. One's running hot. One's well. Louisville one's in the tank. Louisville is to get back to the well. ACC tiebreakers from earlier in the week. Louisville is in oh, position yeah. to. This is a big game. This is a huge game for me. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. Pitt's yes. the this, common this, opponent. This yes. is why I brought it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, for a couple of reasons, but this is one of the reasons why I brought it up because Pitt is a common opponent, and when we talk about ACC tiebreakers, this actually has value. Who would have thought? But it also gets to why Louisville was a preseason favorite. 
in terms of Vegas odds versus what the media saw back in July at ACC kickoff, where nobody was really picking them to win the ACC. But in Vegas, they were like, yeah, man, this actually is a pretty yeah. good money team. And again, it all came back to the schedule. Yes. And Pitt is entering a really weird mode right now where they have a vase in the football facility. I wrote, I wrote a story on this for Uprock Sports. Nice. Since apparently my beat now is lowercase go ACC. Ama- you know what? You were born for that beat, Lauren. But I'm putting it up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Somebody in the facility shop had to create a pedestal, paint it pit blue and yellow, which is a the top. really yeah, nice color scheme. I love that color it scheme. It looks great. And they got a blue vase that matches the 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 base itself. And apparently it is a place in which players should put negative thoughts. Oh, and put it in the vase. Put it in the vase. There, there's no lid on the vase. It looks vaguely like an urn without a lid to me as yeah. well, it which look, I'm no, like, because no. I'm like, is that it, the metaphor? You no. put the thoughts in there and it, you set them on fire because they're supposed to be already have been on fire. They before. literally Never went mind. to Home Goods and got the first thing that was of a blue. They hit scheme. up Steinmart, it's found that apoc- cute. It's an apothecary. <laughs> no, I'm pretty convinced they went to freaking Home Goods or Target, Stop it. and they were like, "Uh, yeah, that's close enough blue. All right, can we put that on a little pedestal? It, it matches cool. pretty well. It matches Somebody pretty did a great job. Well. Yeah. Matches, I mean, they did a really good job coloring that. But again, that's the current state of pit athletics but for football. You know, I love a, Narduzzi. A negative thoughts face. <laughs> you know, I love Narduzzi though, because. A, yeah. he hates Matt Canada and he bad-mouths him at every turn. <laughs> and B, he was like, oh, you sound like a state fan. Just go be Clemson. No big deal. He's he's so, like, not a coach in the way he acts <sighs> in general, yeah. I feel like. Like, he also is like a psycho on the sidelines yeah. regularly. He, he is. is an insane he's, person. He's going to take the Michigan State job. Isn't Are they putting Probably. stuff in there, do you think? Do you think anyone is, like, it writing? It looked empty. When I, it, the, the, of the of the picture that I put up, do you it think looks Phil Dracovic like changed his handwriting and was like, "Coach tried to move me to tight end, embarrassed me in public." Oh, who could have written that one? I have no idea. And it's from like Bill. Never mind, Murkovic. Uh, so, so this is the the common opponent factors into the oh, tiebreaker, right? Yes, because I know you wrote all this stuff. And yeah, it, yeah, it would yeah. be super pit ish. To have looked like absolute trash and not have beaten an FBS this, team yet this, and go, let's just go ahead and beat Louisville. Is this Pitt super weapon? Is it going to activate this I week? mean, I don't know that they have it anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. The crazy thing about Louisville is when you look at their schedule, which we did in the preseason. Not great. Right? Like, yeah. We did. And then they opened up with Georgia Tech. And to be fair now, Georgia Tech did come back and did actually beat Miami. Georgia Tech's mm-hmm. led a number of good teams at the half. Yeah. And like, so like yeah. they're not about, but when they struggled with Georgia Tech, yeah. I kind of wrote off. Louisville. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw them in person, I was kind of like, God, these guys aren't good. Like Jack Plummer is like, he's just like a replacement level quarterback. Right. Like I, I just, I'm not seeing it. And then all of a sudden at home, what yeah. do I love to tell you? Everybody plays a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They get home totally. at night. Jawar Jordan looked like, you know, yeah. Look like he was about to win the Heisman Trophy. Like he had a he's game. He's been good all year though. Be he has, he's been really good. They beat, but they beat, Notre Dame at their own game. Totally. But now, you, know, you start looking at this, though. Pitt, there are two road games after Pitt and Miami. I could lose either one of those games. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But Duke, then they get VT and Virginia at home. Yeah. Like, Ugh. guys, if they could nut up this week, and and if Riley Leonard isn't healthy and they don't play Duke, they I think don't play Riley Leonard. I think Riley Leonard comes back at the end of the month. I mean, October 20th. High ankle sprain is not, uh, you know, 
outside. Oh, it's not? I thought you just come back after a week, though. So it's okay. <laughs> it he should be fine. He'll be back this week. It does He'll for Bryce back. Young. It right? works for Bryce sure. Young. It's yeah. fine. Makes sure. total sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. Uh, their schedule is a dream. Yeah, no, a it's dream. amazing. Yeah, it's it's actually unreal because I remember hearing that it was easy. And then, like, I remember looking at it in the offseason and going, oh, God. Oh, then you looked at it. You're like, no, State's good and Pitt's good. And then the year starts and you're like, wow, no. so it's even easier than we thought. <laughs> It's crazy. All right. Let's go wrap it up for premature evaluations. Lauren, we spared you. Didn't have to talk about the Panthers. Oh, although I... you snuck it in there at the end. Well, you know, I always have to. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't want anyone to forget that we all understand that we were lied to. Yeah. And that we're not stupid. Yeah, just we... in case there's any confusion, because we... there seems to be coming yes. from the Panthers, that we they think guess. we're all really stupid. We're not. We talked to Kyle Bailey, FNZ, at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast. And he's like, yeah, messaging has been a complete disaster. disaster. Complete Absolutely. disaster. Okay. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Uh, no, on that, I think at least we yeah. are all on the same page. I mean, like the same could Panthers not be, media collectively. The same could not be said about the Panthers, obviously, because Frank Reich's out here just self-owning himself. Oh my god, I just with the comments. I never thought I'd David want Tepper. someone to speak less than Matt Rule. Oh, uh, Frank! <laughs> hey, man, I've been on like this I'd from rather the jump. have him coaching if I have to choose between the two. But uh, I would much rather. I like my gosh. If there's any lessons that I've learned from Joe is to uh, promote your wins. And from the jump, I've said about Frank Reich in that. He, while not the bumbling Matt Rule talking a mile a minute, will say he says things, things that are completely that nonsensical ma- that make you go, "What? Whoa, whoa! Why are you saying that out loud? I would not admit that right now. What are you doing? Are we talking it, off the record? <laughs> it, oh, 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 crap! Oh, Joe, Joe Persons here. Damn it! Here I go again. These, yeah. Those cameras are on. <laughs> All right, Lauren. We'll see you next Thursday. All right. Always fun hanging out with Lauren Brownlow and always fun to save money, Joe. And that's where Matt Davis over at State Farm can help you. Give him a call at 919-779-8277 or insuregarner.com. I've been a State Farm customer for years, decades, actually. Always great customer service. And with Matt Davis, you'll find ways to save you money. Yeah, just give him a call. So Troy did. Save 40% auto, home, you name it. Matt's got you covered. Theoginsurance.com. Also, big thanks to Homefield Apparel. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23. Save 15% off your first order. I saw you rocking the Pirates hoodie yes. when you walked in earlier. Yep. It's a comfy hoodie, right? Best quality stuff. Homefield Apparel. Get the app. Even if I know the app, anybody can do the app. <laughs> OG 23, 15% off. Then you get all kinds of discounts after you, after that first, they get you on that first. <laughs> yeah, man. They get there that first time. So again, check them out. Homefieldapparel.com and check out Oakwood pizza box. They sponsor. Hey, Joe, it's Thursday. They're open. They're open. <laughs> Wednesday through Sunday. Oakwoodpizzabox.com. Order online. Go and get yourself in Narragansett. Chill out. Have the best pizza there is in the state of North Carolina. All right, so there's been some reaction to our conversation with Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. And I guess I didn't do a good enough job promoting the fact that we're doing the show from a beer cave. And people were very confused. Is he coming to us live from a gas station beer cave? Yes, Whoa. and it's not just a gas station. Whoa, that's a breeze through. And then I, this one guy is like, what's going on here? Are you on a circle quick? No, put some respect on the breeze through. It is not the same thing, folks. It is not the same thing. But we did get some reaction just related to what owner does this. That one does. Straight up, that one does. So, again, we appreciate Tom Dundon for hanging out. And we'll get out of here on this from uh, my guy, the Canes Ombudsman. I love when clips from sports shows are on my timeline. They're all just <laughs> film podcasts now. 
So it's like two and a half minutes of one guy talking and two other dudes smirking and nodding all on mute. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Pales and Pills and see why do you got to take shots at Joe and Joe Gillio like that? I think I know who the Bud Man is referencing, and it's not us, Joe. Oh, good. You know, we need an AJ Hawk on our program. That's what we need. He's the new Ed McMahon is what you're saying. Look, man, I'm not knocking anyone's hustle. I mean, Pat McAfee's nailed something. He's making a shit ton of money off of it. So I'm not knocking it. But I do wonder sometimes what AJ Hawk is doing other than smoking a cigar in a second screen. You know, this is what I, this is what I want you to do. I'll wear a tank top. <laughs> well, you don't smoke. No, we got to do our own things. But you don't smoke. So what would you do? Well, do our own. Thing. So what would you? Okay, so I'll wear a Hawaiian shirt, and and you can just smirk and nod while you're looking at I don't know ra- a racing forum. Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. And every so often, just kind of go, uh huh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the week. Thanks to everybody who has watched, who has listened, given us five stars, left reviews, all that fun stuff. We truly appreciate it. And we will see you all next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.